What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Engine Preserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So, last night's game, Game 2, the Eastern Conference Finals, Cleveland lose 94-107 to Boston, and man, what can I say? Uh, uh, an athlete like LeBron James who goes... 16 of 29, 5'11 from the threes, who's shooting four from six just in the first quarter and put up 21 points. Other teams like uh, 27 points in the first quarter, just shooting lights out. He was like seven for 11. Uh, to end the game, he had 42 points, 12 assists, 10 boards. Uh, he played 38 minutes, man, and. I don't know what else you can ask of the man, to be honest with you, besides the fact that there is no defense. That's just plain and simple. That's all it's going to come down to. And I've been saying this whole year, Cleveland's defense, I, I predicted before the playoffs, their defense is going you know, to be their constant thorn in their side. Um, it's just, man, Boston, they're just they're a different element. They actually play like an actual team. They don't have no superstars, and that's okay, and they don't need that. Gordon Hayward breaks his leg, start of the season, that's all right. Kyrie Irving hurts his knee, that's all right. And Brad Stevens should be coach of the year. And, the, and no offense uh, you know, to Toronto Raptors head coach, uh, Dwayne Casey, who, who rightfully gets fired. For I, I never heard of someone that wins coach of the year and then the very next day gets fired. Um, you know, Brad Stevens should have got coach of the year. He didn't receive a vote, like, not even once. Like, not one or two. He got none. So, I don't know how that, I don't know how that ballot worked. So, with that being said, uh, Kevin Love, you know, he did his thing. 22 points, 15 boards. You know, he had a solid outing. But the rest of the team, though, man, I mean, that was it. I mean, they, we knew going into the season at Cleveland, you know, they're just going to have LeBron James, Kevin Love, and that was it. And a couple of key players, role players that, you know, they signed, the, they gave these guys big contracts like Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, and they just can't get the job done. A guy like uh, J.R. Smith, when you go 0 for 7, 0 for 4 from the 3, and you play 27 minutes, you get zero points, and that's it. You get one assist and three boards, and you're paying how much money to this man? Definitely overpaid for J.R. Smith, and I understand LeBron James wanted to keep him uh, when it came to the offseason when they lost to the Warriors in five in the last year's NBA Finals. But you don't overpay for that kind of man who is, you know, who's going to be inconsistent. You got to save some extra cap space, and you got to have some, some sort of calvary, some sort of contingency plan, especially when it comes to the, uh, you know, what's going on in the locker room between him and Kyrie Irving. You know, in the offseason, there was talks of this and that. LeBron James might go. And then Kyrie was like, ah, do you want better? I'm leaving before you. And, you know, evidently that trade went down with Kyrie and Isaiah Thomas. And obviously, you know, the you know the backstory in that. Isaiah didn't work out in Cleveland. They traded him to L.A. Got some young ones like Jordan Clarkson. And they started to pick up a pace a little bit. But uh, even then, I mean... <sighs> Kyle Culver, he can be streaky here and there. Uh, arguably, probably top 10 three-point shooters of all time. He put up 11 points. Not too bad of an outing. He needs to shoot more. That's just my opinion. Uh, four of eight, two for five from the threes. Uh, man, it just comes down to defense. Simple and plain and simple. And one of my butt, one of my friends texted me last night. He's like, are you seeing this? LeBron James going off. I'm like, yeah, I am. Um, and... 
I almost told him, like, you know, he's probably going to put up 50 and they're still going to lose. And he came close to it. He can't, you know, end of the game with 42 points. And I, I already knew he was going to get that triple-double because triple-double just some reason the NBA has become the norm. But NBA has become a lot softer and there is no defense anymore. We all know that. So with that being said, you know, triple-doubles are really just like, eh, it is what it is. Russell Rushbrook makes it look easy. LeBron James, James Harden. Um, a couple other guys, you know, a couple of superstar uh, players in there. So with that being said, it's got to come down to defense. And Cleveland has shown no resilience when it comes to defense whatsoever in this past offseason. They're like in the bottom of the barrel. Uh, one of the like, um, of all the teams in the NBA, they're in the bottom five in uh, most points given. So, you know, that's telling you something, you know. The old saying says, but it's true, defense wins championships. There's only so many nights where you can go and try and outscore that opponent, you know. Very rarely can that happen. You know, when you're, especially when you got to play a team like Boston actually plays that like a team, and they play defense, that's that's scary enough. That's a, that's a, it's a lot on your plate, especially when a team that is low in efficiency when it comes to defense. So even if Cleveland does come back, which I highly doubt they will, um... Because Boston overall in their franchise history, they are 37-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals when leading 2-0. I think it's all I think it's overall, not just the Eastern Conference Finals, but I saw somewhere along the lines of that stat. So um I don't see Cleveland coming back. If they do, that's impressive, but we all know what's gonna have happen. Golden State's gonna sweep them, and that's gonna be it. Hey, Cleveland don't have the firepower. They do not have the defense. If they have any kind of shot at Golden State of winning that series, they absolutely positively have to play defense, and that's just not them. They they never had it all year. So I say Boston takes it in five. I'd be really surprised if they do sweep them. I think Cleveland, you know, they'll they'll take game three. Boston will take four and end it going back to Boston in five. So. Uh, with that being said, and then the game tonight, Golden State and Houston. Uh, the crazy thing is, man, game one of, the, of that game, like I said, there's no defense anymore. Final score was like over 100 between both of the teams. It was 200 combined uh, points overall. It was like 225 or whatever. But anyhow, the point is, is that James Harden and Chris Paul both played their best game. Harden had over 40 points. Chris Paul had over 20 and they still couldn't get the job done against Golden State. Steph Curry didn't play that great of a game, oddly enough. And, uh, and that was just game game one. Kevin Durant went off with like 35 points, 37 points, something like that. And the fact of the matter is, Golden State's just too heavily stacked. If one star player or one role player is off, they still have a contingency plan. They have a backup for someone to take that role, to take that spot, and be like, I got you. Steph Curry, you're off. Okay, Clay, I got you. Clay's off, Draymond will play defense, or, you know, who put up 20 points and grabbed 10 boards, or possibly triple-double, because he did that in Game 7 when they lost, when Cleveland came back in the 2016 NBA Finals and won it all. That's And that's just a significant impact that Dray- Draymond Green has on that team. A lot of people said he wasn't a significant impact when Golden State didn't have him, and um, I believe it was Game 5 or Game 6 the uh, 2016 NBA Finals, and Draymond Green got suspended for that one controversial call when, you know, with him and LeBron got into that confrontation. He got suspended just for that one game. Cleveland wins the game, you know, and the rest is history. And people say, oh, Draymond Green's not that big of an impact player. But yet, Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, he puts up a triple-double. 
He's a very imp- impactful player on that team, especially when it comes to defense. He's that he's that heart and soul of the defense when it comes to Golden State. They don't play much defense, but he's a significant impact on that team. Nonetheless, and of course you got Kevin Durant, aka Durantula. I don't know if anyone still calls him that, but the fact of the matter is you can say he's a swine, he's a traitor, he's a this, he's a that, he's a cupcake. But man, <laughs> and I know and I understand, I understand, you know. You were so close to beating Golden State, and then you lose to them in uh, the Western Conference Finals, and then you go to a 73-9 team the next year and go to that stacked roster, and I understand it. I totally get it, but man, that, that's, just the, that's just the era we live in now. Do I think Golden State's the best team ever assembled? Absolutely not. It depends what rules you're playing. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, it would have been the same outcome. Absolutely not. Not even close. I don't care what anyone says. You take the Golden State Warriors and you take uh, the prime 1988 Detroit Pistons, okay? You take that, you take them to games, you take them to a seven game series. I guarantee you Detroit wins in five. I'll be generous and give Golden State one. That's how impactful that game was back then. That's how rough it was. So that's just my opinion. And if any of y'all got any agendas on that, please feel free, phone in, and you know, give me your notion on that. So with that being said, not to get too sidetracked, uh, Golden State, honestly, uh, man, even Houston, when game one was just the telltale sign, when Chris Ball and James Harden both are in the same, you know, you know, they're like the, that Batman-Robin combo, they're both, you know, have the same mindset. And everything, and they both are on their end game, and they still lose. I think it's pretty evident. I think Golden State will sweep Houston. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I think I think uh, you know they'll have uh, these next three games will be close. But uh, I don't. I just really don't see Houston, you know, pulling it off. To be honest with you, I really don't. Uh, not none whatsoever. That that's just my opinion. But uh, I just I don't see it happening. But hey, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and you're listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back and this is Injured Reserve Podcast. So, uh, of course, uh, the, the notorious question going on right now, depending on how this whole series goes, and like I said, I think Boston takes in five against Cleveland. Uh, does LeBron James stay? Does the King stay home in Cleveland? Will he finish his career there? 15 seasons in, 33 years old. Um, played all 82 games this season, and... Played God knows how many minutes now in his entire career. You gotta ask yourself this is that it, will Cleveland win another ring? Can they I mean honestly, even as a, even if you're a Cavaliers fan, can you honestly believe that LeBron can bring another title to to uh, Cleveland? I mean with that kind of roster, even though you're all maxed out uh, with everyone's contracts and your cap space, you can't make any moves really. You get that's the best you're gonna get. You got LeBron James, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Korver. That's the best you can do for your superstar player. And going into the 16th season next year, is he? You know, where's he gonna go? Is he going to Philly? Is he going to the Lakers? 
Is he going to Houston? Is he going to San Antonio? Even people have speculation, which I highly doubt, but some people said, is he going to go to Golden State? Because, there, I mean, really think about it, there is no other challenge or task left for LeBron James but just the rings, and which that's always been his kryptonite. I wouldn't say kryptonite, but that's always been his toughest challenge. He's 3-5 and five in the NBA Finals. He's going to finish his career in the top five NBA player players of all time. I have him at number five. That's just me. And, you know... My top five, honestly, I got Michael, Kobe, Kareem, um, Tim Duncan, and then him. That's just, you know, that's just my agenda on the whole top five. I mean, but anyhow, with that being said, not to get too off off course. Um, man, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, everyone just thinks, you know, there are reports that uh, he's been highly interested in Philly, which I don't blame him. If you want a chance of winning a title, going to Philly, that's your best bet. And it, well, when it comes to the East, um, I mean, you got, you got Ben Simmons, uh, Mark Fultz, uh, Joe Embiid, uh, young, very young squad. You just, overall that roster is just very healthy. Uh, well, it's scary when healthy, I should say. But anyhow, with that being said, I gotta—I really don't blame him if he goes somewhere. You can't really be mad at him, Cleveland. If he leaves, you cannot be mad at him. I don't want to see any riots or any burning of the jersey. He brought y'all home a title, the first title in franchise history, the first legitimate title, you know, in years. I know Cleveland, uh, Cleveland the Indians won a t- World Series, but that was years ago, I think. Anyhow, um, so be happy with that, you know, it's like, look, we, we were blessed to have someone of the superstar talent, you know, he, he didn't have to come back home. He went to Miami, you know, you got the best prime years of him. Miami got the best prime years of him. He's still in his prime now. Be blessed with that. Now the whole thing is they got the eighth overall draft lottery pick in the first, in the first round in the NBA draft. Who are they going to pick? God, I, I have no idea who they're aiming for. I can't even tell you. But um, I don't think he's staying in Cleveland. I really don't. They can try and intrigue LeBron with all these options. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Uh, pick up uh, some players in the offseason for certain trades, whatever. But you can't. It, it all comes down to LeBron James and the, and the you know people up front. Dan, uh, Dan Gilbert, the owner. They never really saw it eye to eye. And that's just, that's Dan Gilbert's have been too prideful, you know. And same thing with LeBron James. They both could just never be acquainted with one another. You can't, you, got, you have to be willing to call, you know, their differences. You know, same thing with um, uh, the owner for Chicago Bulls. When uh, Michael Jordan, him and Phil Jackson won their sixth title. And they were going to try and do it again coming on 99 offseason. But Michael told the owner. Um, if Firefield Jackson, which God only knows why, because they, you know, they didn't, the morale was very low between him and the owner of Phil Jackson. Uh, Michael told him, if you fire him, I'm retired. He fired Phil, and Michael was like, I'm gone, I'm out, and that was it. And that was the uh, deconstruction, and uh, that was uh, the end of the dynasty for the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Scotty Pippen, he went to, uh, I believe, I want to say Houston, then he went to Portland. He might have went straight to Portland. Cool coach went somewhere else, I believe. Um, everyone just did their own thing. Rodman went somewhere else. That was just the end of the dynasty. The Bulls were never the same. 
So they got Derrick Rose, and you know, in his prime when he won the MVP in 2011, they were a they were a scary team. Him, Lou Aldang, Ben Gordon, um, Joe Kim Noah, but you know they can never get over that hump against Cleveland. So, or, or I think it was Miami actually during that time when LeBron uh, left from Miami. But anyhow, uh, not to get too distracted. The fact of the matter is, LeBron James, I don't think he's staying in Cleveland. I really don't. I think his best bet is Philly. I don't think he's going to go there, but I would not be surprised if he does. But um, I'd be surprised if he does stay in Cleveland. But no no one really has to blame, though, except himself uh, uh, and the owner. You can't, you know, LeBron was giving these demands. I want to keep J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. And... Do whatever it takes. So they gave him these overpaid contracts, and you can't pick up anyone else, you know. And you're maxed out in all your cap space. And you know, you you let uh, one of the top ten best players in the NBA go in Kyrie Irving. You they traded him. You should have resolved your little issues, whatever it was, and convinced everyone like, hey, we're good. We have the same squad. We're, you know, we're going to, you know, keep this train rolling. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So you like the top 10 NBA players in the league traded to Boston for a five foot nine Isaiah Thomas, who's coming off an injury, a hip injury, and he's not the same. And he didn't finish the season quite the same as a, we knew him for Boston last year. And you got Kevin Love, who's, you know, the second best player in the team. So, um, yeah, Cleveland, ain't, uh, Cleveland, LeBron, it's sad, but they, LeBron's going somewhere else. Cleveland ain't going to be the same. So, with that being said, LeBron, I think he's going to Philly. I don't think he's going to L.A. Because L.A. is way too young and inexperienced. Lines the ball is overrated. And that team... The Lonzo Ball ain't the answer. Kyle Kuzma is very solid pickup, very young, but Lonzo Ball ain't one of them. He's a bust, and they should probably trade him or whatever it may be. But Lonzo Ball, he ain't the future for LA. Whether a Lakers fan listening in, I'm sorry. He's a bust. It was a terrible pick. Lesson learned, don't ever listen to a father and say my son's going to be the next big thing because he's not. So, uh, LeBron James, I think he goes to Philly. Uh, I'd like to hear any of y'all listening, what your agenda is on that. And I'm going to take a quick break. This is Injured Reserve. This is in reserved, and you are listening to Mitchell Anderson, me, myself, and I. So, man, Bellator 199 was back four days ago, and man, uh, can't the heavyweight Grand Prix, for any of y'all that don't keep up in MMA or Bellator and just with UFC or whatever it may be, let me just do a quick recap with y'all. So, the heavyweight Grand Prix is this tournament that Bellator is holding, right? And it has all the legends you can think of. Quentin Rampage Jackson, uh, Chael Sonnen, Fedor Emelianenko, Ryan Bader, uh, Muhammad Loyal, uh, a.k.a. King Mo, uh, Matt Mitrione. Um, God, I, th- I think that's about it. 
But anyhow, um, they're holding this World Grand Prix tournament. And the light heavyweight champion, Ryan Bader, moved up to heavyweight for this tournament. And he's claiming that he, you know, he wants to hold multiple titles at once and be the first man to do it in Bellator. And man, that's uh, that's a lot of respect. And Ryan Bader finished uh, King Mo really early in the first round, just in 15 seconds. He caught him really quick with the uppercut, I believe. And man, that that was it. He stung King Mo. He he fell down and he finished the fight right then and there. He smelled blood, and that was it. And uh, so right now, the heavyweight Grand Prix tournament is looking like this. Ryan Bader will face um, Matt Mitrione. And on the other side, it's going to come down to Chael Sonnen and Fedor Emelianenko. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko, which is coming off a couple weeks ago, of beating um, Frank Mir, who he also finished in the first round rather quickly, just within 45 seconds. And um, Chael Sonnen beat Rampage Jackson uh, in good old-fashioned style in wrestling. Rampage uh, fought. Uh, he's never really been known to fight at heavyweight. He's more of a light heavyweight. And uh, you could, he had the power. You could tell he still had that power. He, he slammed Chael a few times. But uh, Chael's just, man, he's been a dangerous wrestler. He's been so dangerous when it comes to that wrestling. And that's what he did. He, he just... Uh, wear and tear on Rampage and he got tired and Chael was able to pull that victory by decision and um, so yeah um, with that being said uh, Ryan Bader will face Matt Mitrione and Fedor versus Chael Sonnen I'm not sure when exactly those dates those fights are set but uh, I'm sure it's going to happen pretty soon since it is a tournament um, and generally fighters usually fight about three, four months, you know, two months of train and then, you know, set up for the fight and whatnot. But anyhow, uh, the rest of the fights for Bellator, John Finch, uh, defeated Paul Daly by decision in three rounds. Uh, Chick Congo in heavyweight beat Jay Aia in, uh, punches, uh, KO, I should say in the first round. So man, Bellator is really entertaining. I love it. I told you all before to come on my podcast before. Definitely check out Bellator on Paramount Network, a.k.a. it's the old uh, Spike TV network. Um, definitely recommend it. It's free. And, man, it's just, it, they're fun to watch. It's something to watch on a Friday night or Saturday night. And it's just, you know, I I, I honestly can't re- remember the last time I paid for a UFC pay-per-view. Nothing has really intrigued me, you know. And uh, I know I'm probably sounding like a broken record because I, I said before my couple episodes before my podcast that... Uh, UFC's just been, you know, they're dealing with some controversy right now. Ronda Rousey, that was their golden girl. She got exposed uh, once uh, everyone started, you know, Amanda Nunes and Holly Holm knocked her out in the first round. Well, Holly Holm knocked her out in the second round, second round. but when Ronda Rousey came back, a.k.a. the, you know, she's back uh, slogan, uh, New Year's Eve, she got knocked out viciously by Amanda Nunes in the first round within seconds. She can't stand up. She's... Great at submission and wrestling, you know, here and there. But ground fighter, amazing. Striker, no. You know, it's the same thing with Brock Lesnar. Great wrestler, you know, ground and pound. But if, you know, once you face fighters that can defend your takedowns and can take on wrestling the same, you know, are just as advanced as you when it comes to the wrestling game and they make you stand up, he, you know, you get knocked out. You know, and the same results happen 
with Shane Carwin, um, Cain Velasquez, and Alistair Overing. Truth be told, Brock Lesnar should have lost to Shane Carwin. Uh, Shane Carwin, you know, got the he was uh, heavy hitting him when Brock Lesnar in the first round, and he was ground and pounding. And Lesnar, you know, he just uh, they should have called it, but they did it. And Lesnar beat him by submission in the second round. So with that, and then you know, Lesnar po- tested positive for steroids when he came back for UFC 200 against Mark Hunt. So that was you know one of those poster boys that they had for him in UFC. I'm not disregarding anything that Brock Lesnar has done for the sport. Uh, it just doesn't look well for the brand. And same thing with John Jones. Uh, I don't know how that's going out. Uh, I don't know uh, any results lately when it comes to when he tested for PEDs. He, he still states to this day that he hasn't. So I don't know the whole back backstory on that. If any of y'all that are listening in and may know about it, please feel free to give me your opinion on it. Because I haven't got a clue. All I know is that he tested for PADs not once but twice now. And he's still waiting um, from the commission of USDA um, uh, what his serving is going to be, I guess. Like, how long is the suspension? And then, um, so yeah. And then you got Conor McGregor with his low antics and whatnot so I, I don't know who knows what uh, the UFC who's going to be their next big guy it was John Jones you know they went from Brock Lesnar and then once he got defeated it was Kane for a little bit and then once Kane you know became injury prone then it became uh, John Jones for the longest and then then it became slowly Ronda Rousey then slowly Conor McGregor and those were the three they were relying on. And then, you know, Rousey got exposed for not, you know, she can't box. John Jones tested positive for steroids. And then Conor McGregor's contemplated retirement. You know, he wins multiple titles and he goes in the boxing with Floyd Mayweather. And then he's been, you know, he hasn't made a title defense in God knows how long. So who knows what his mindset is. And then his little antics in the backstage of a UFC weigh-ins of breaking the glass on uh the, that bus or whatever it is and he got arrested so who knows what's going on with UFC right now I don't I honestly couldn't tell you like uh, I don't even know who's champion I know Stipe my, my chick I believe for the heavyweight you know he's he's been dominating a Cleveland native but uh, that being said um, Bellator uh, that was the review for Bellator 199 and uh, UFC, uh, recently, I will have to say this, Amanda Nunes did have a recent title defense, was great, I can't remember the, the young lady's name, uh, god, I just saw it the other day, but uh, the, the lady that should be, man, um, she pro- Amanda Nunes broke her nose, and she wasn't able to continue, she even went to her corner before the fifth round began, and even told her coach, like, I can't continue, or her coach disregard it and told her to proceed and you know uh, Amanda Nunes you know spilled uh, uh, just pounced on her smell blood no pun intended attack 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 knocked her out and that was it Amanda Nunes dangerous female definitely uh, I think that was like her second or third uh, straight title defense I'm not sure but she's definitely uh, she's she's a dangerous one she's a real one at that um, but yeah, for sure. But hey, I'm going to take a little break and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Hey, 
Welcome back to Injured Reserved, and this will be the final segment for y'all before I start getting on your nerves. So, uh, I know I've been uh, recently been trying to, I wouldn't say binge, but uh, I've been catching up on a whole bunch of movies and TV shows I've been lacking behind. And so, uh, (laughs) I finished the season of Atlanta, I definitely recommend for anyone that hasn't watched it. (laughs) Uh, I finished season two of Dear White People. And for the love of God, any white listeners, don't get offended. It's funny. It's informative. Definitely check it out. Uh, I'm a white person slash Native American. Go check it out. It's not that. It's not that harmful. Okay. Anyhow, um, Marvel movies. I've been lacking behind. Therefore, uh, I just saw Captain America: The First Avenger, and now I gotta watch Captain America: Civil War. Still gotta watch that one. Loved the first Avenger, though. I thought Bucky was badass. He's basically Captain America, but with a super strong arm. Uh, I'm not going to try and give any spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched it either, or being a bum like me and lacking behind on movies. Uh, seen Black Panther about last week. Caught up on that. I even bought the movie today, actually, and the soundtrack. Uh, I love the soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Uh, and I, I never buy soundtracks either. Um... Black Panther, great movie. I give it 8 out of 10. Same thing, uh, same rating as Captain America First Avenger. Heard Civil War is even better, though. So, I mean, obviously, you got everyone there with Iron Man, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, Black Panther, all of them. Black Panther, though, definitely uh, recommend to anyone. Uh, 8 out of 10. Enjoyed it. Uh, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan did a fantastic job as the villain or the antagonist. Some people like to, like to you know, uh, kind of... I wouldn't say relate to his ideologies, but kind of relate on how his ideas when, you know, him as a villain and the reason what the reason he's doing and why he's doing it. And so, you know, you kind of feel compassionate for him, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's for the wrong reasons. It's kind of like how Thanos was. It's like, he's the reason why he's doing his certain things of destroying half the populations of certain planets in the universe is because to end certain uh, harsh realities of that particular world depression war sickness uh you know st- st- things of that nature that we happen to endure or occur on a daily basis here like planet earth and you know his ideologies it's it's like uh, he's ending the suffering of people but at the same time it's not right because it's not for it's not his call so it's stuff like that so I hope I didn't really spoil anything or anyone of uh, the Infinity War involving Thanos or Black Panther. If I did, or if I gave some kind of uh, hints of that, I apologize. But y'all should know the background of Thanos, someone as big as that. It's just like, you know, Thanos. It's like going to a movie of like the Dark Knight and not having an idea of who the Joker is. So things that, uh, things of that nature. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely recommend. Ooh, excuse me. Definitely recommend Black Panther. It's out now on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, digital HD, whatever. So definitely recommend it. Yeah, give a shout out to the to the album as well. It's produced by uh, Kendrick Lamar. Love the songs on there. I can't get him and that Weekend song stuck out of my head. It's been on repeat for like the past two days for me. So. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Black Panther. Definitely recommend it. But this is uh, Mitchell Anderson on Engine Reserve Podcast, and I hope the rest of y'all have a great week.